welcome to Theology Doesn't Suck. Uh, we are so excited to have you joining us this week. My name is Andy Herman, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, Josh Patterson. Welcome, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for the, the intro. The one and only is, is pretty good. I feel like I have a pretty generic name. Josh Patterson. Uh, yeah, I wonder if there are... I'm sure there are other Josh Pattersons out there, but you're <laughs> the only the Josh Patterson. You ah, I see. Saying? There's a difference. I have there a other, the. That's my title. You, you, Yeah, you get a definite uh, definite article. I like other it. Other Josh Pattersons don't. I don't. They're just a Josh Patterson. I don't know what a definite article is because I don't speak English good, so... Um, but <laughs> <laughs> a definite... A definite <laughs> the is a definite article. I like it. It's... Whereas it's it's definite, so the it's indicating a specific thing, right? Whereas, whereas like a or an are indefinite articles. Oh, I see. Because they're not indicating a specific thing; they're just it's just a general. Like the other Josh Pattersons are just general Josh Pattersons, but you are the, the Josh Patterson, which is a definite article. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, Sweet. I actually I didn't learn that until I started taking Greek. I didn't really know about <laughs> articles. <laughs> well, the cool thing is, is that's a you just gave our listeners a free English lesson, courteous yep. of Andy Herman. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you're super welcome. Yeah, you're very and, welcome. And uh, if you want, of course, listeners, you are welcome to just send me tons of money as payment for my English <laughs> lessons. <laughs> tons of I'm money. I'm happy to provide online tutoring. There you uh, go. I charge twenty dollars per hour. That's not bad, actually. That's pretty good. That's actually pretty cheap. Twenty bucks an hour for English tutoring. That's the catch. I'm not certified. Mm. Uh, (laughs) But I did pass high school. That's a plus. I did that as well. I passed high school. I think so. And then I went to (laughs) college, and they took all my money, and I will be forever in debt to college forever. Period. To college in general? Yeah, just in general. I think there's a thing just called college, and they take your money. College. It's like a pyramid yeah. scheme. Josh is in debt to college. <laughs> what a... So, if any of you know how to access college, you could, if you could hack college's uh, mainframes uh, and yes. erase Josh's debt. Anonymous, if you're listening, please help me out. <laughs> please help Josh out, erase his student debt from college oh goodness that would be that would be beautiful um i I doubt we have any listeners who are part of anonymous there's no way there's no way (laughs) you never know that's true maybe they have a thing though where like if you mention them on the internet it like pings something oh yeah they get notified and so so someone from anonymous will come listen to this episode now because we've said their name like a bunch of times and uh that's good dude that's just one more listener yeah, just one more. <laughs> we just need one more stream on our Podbean statistics. That's what we need, man. Dope. It's all about yeah. numbers, right? That's all it's ever about. It's, it's all about the numbers. I mean, that's what I learned at, at the first church I worked. Yeah, at. butts and seeds. Uh, I feel like I learned the same sorry. thing. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Um, I would just like to formally apologize for the shade I just threw. It's okay to throw shade if it's accurate. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well uh let's move on josh yes sir what what have you been up to lately it's been a while since you and i have sat down and recorded so what have you been up to yeah uh well working for sure uh soccer season recently ended uh finished so that's done so that's cool uh watching a lot of hockey the caps are killing it right now just in case 
anyone was wondering. <laughs> um, although the Colorado Avalanche, your top line still has like the most points in the entire league. The top scoring line in hockey. Our, you know, I learned the other day actually is our top line has scored more points than all the forwards on the Los Angeles Kings combined. <laughs> That's really sad. I thought, I the Kings suck. <laughs> the Kings do suck this year. It's really oh, that's sad. a bummer. You know, they've, just, they've been a powerhouse for so long. They have fallen so far. I know. It's really unfortunate. Oh, wow. The Capitals are, are doing really well. I was just looking at the standings on my phone. Yeah, and they're winning right now. See, I wanted to compare. Uh, the Avs, it's... You know, Josh, the Western Conference is a lot harder than the Eastern Conference. Okay. And 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 why I say this is because the Avs have. Oh wait, hang on, hold on. <laughs> Let me look at something. I may have spoken too soon. No, no, I don't think I spoke too soon. The Avs have forty-four points, and we're in third in our division. Okay. And the Capitals have forty-five points, and they're in first. Although to be fair, you guys do have the Lightning in your conference, and they have fifty-six points. They're just obliterating everybody. So it could also be too that the talent is more evenly dispersed in the Eastern Conference, so it's harder to that get wins. Be. Yeah, because I mean that's, that's a fair, fair argument. Because you have like I mean you have Washington, Columbus, Pittsburgh. The Islanders are surprisingly good this year. Uh, the Flyers suck. We can all agree on that. Uh, Tampa Bay is good. Mm-hmm. Toronto's good. Buffalo's good. I don't know. You know what, Josh? You might you might have a point. Maybe the Eastern the Eastern Conference. Now that I'm thinking about it, does have more really good teams. I think more of the elite teams are in the Eastern Conference. I think too. That's probably true. The Eastern Conference has won the Cup more in the last. Oh, uh, actually, I, I don't know. That's I was going to say in the last five years, but I don't think that's true because the Blackhawks won it like a billion times in a row. And now the Blackhawks suck, too. Yeah, sorry, Marty. <laughs> Which is sad. Sorry, Marty. Uh, if you guys uh, don't know who Marty is, go listen to our last episode. Hooray! Uh, the case for credo baptism. Marty was our valued guest, and he's a Blackhawks fan. That's true. That's so, true. I guess I just kind of gave away who Marty is. Well, no, there's a lot more to learn about Marty in that episode, though. So go find out for yourselves. Go explore the Marty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marty and, actually uh, just find like officially is in chicago he moved he's in chicago he moved yeah sad to be with his beloved blackhawks <laughs> that's why he moved there right <laughs> that's the only <laughs> reason nothing to do with getting employed at a new church or moving closer to his family it's only for the no, blackhawks those were just like those were side benefits right right it's primarily for the blackhawks i believe or the bears he really um, likes the bears oh yeah the bears i mean that's why i moved back to albuquerque was to be closer to the avalanche I'm not uh, in their city, but I'm much closer than I was makes in sense. Maryland. Makes so sense. Now I at least can road trip to see an Avs game. That's true. That would be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. I, uh, did I cut you off, though? What else is going on with you? Anything else crazy, exciting, hmm. wild? Well, my brother was just here for a week. That's pretty cool. Uh, he, nice. Yeah, I took him back to the airport today. Uh, his flight got delayed a billion times, but he is finally on a plane, and I think... He is in the air currently, back to Maryland. Wow. We'll be landing sometime like 10 o'clock or something like that. But So that was cool. He was with us for a week. Uh, got to hang out. That's awesome. And then Noel and I are leaving Christmas Eve to go to Maryland for a week. We'll be there Christmas Eve through New Year's Day. So that'll be a lot of fun. Be able to see, you know, family, nice. friends, and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. That is awesome. What have, well, What has Andy been up to? Andy has been up to things. Today I went snowboarding, 
So that was fun. I've never done that before. Um, Really? Oh, yeah. Well, in Albuquerque, man, like there's in New Mexico in general, there's just so many good uh, like places to go within a few hours of us. So it's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Um, So I went up to Santa Fe today and did some snowboarding, which was fun. Uh, I went my I met my sister and her boyfriend and some other people there. Um, and my sister is on her college ski team. Oh, nice. That's and a so, cool team to be on. <laughs> and her boyfriend, her boyfriend is also on the ski team. And so they just smoked me down the mountain the whole day. You were on the bunny hills <laughs> was, and they were on like double black diamonds or something like that. Excuse me, Josh. I can do hard runs. I'm just much slower than them. Okay. Right on. I'll, I'll do it. I just am slow compared to them. That's fair. Um, I can't do so, it yeah. in general. I've never tried. So yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm okay. I can do hard runs, and I'm, like, fairly fast, but they're just... I mean, they ski... They practice, like, every day, and they go skiing all the time. They race. Wow. You know? So, they're just... They're next level. Yeah. Let me, let me put they're it They're all way. the way up. Yeah, they're all the freaking way up. <laughs> um, Sorry that I said freaking for any of you Christian parents out there. <laughs> I will try to avoid swearing in the future. Next time, you should just go um, all in with it, man. Just No, I can't do that, Josh. <laughs> My... My tender heart would not allow it. Um, I was going to say something else, too, but I don't remember. Snowboarding, oh, One skiing. other random thing. The other day, when I was leaving for work, I looked to my left. I walked out the door and I looked to my left. And we have, like, a communal mailbox, like, in our row of townhouses. There's, like, one big mailbox that has, okay. like, the different, you know, that has all the different boxes in it. Yeah, that's how mine um, was growing up. And someone had... Uh, like bashed the whole back of it off and so like the back metal piece was just like totally dinged up and destroyed on the ground and then there was like mail everywhere and i was really bummed because i was like man you're mean yeah mail thief that's crazy <laughs> that's not nice <laughs> did you have anything cool nice you were expecting do. i don't I don't think so. My wife's the one who checks the mail usually. Ah, okay. I don't think we were expecting anything in particular, but like I guess you never know. Sure. I'm more than being worried about missing something cool. I'm worried about missing like, like some bill or something. You oh know, like yeah, the water bill. Like <laughs> I owe someone a ton of money and I get something in the mail from them and then it gets stolen and then I get like a fine or I get taken to jail or something. That's what I'm more worried about. Yeah, like college sends a debt collector thing to you. <laughs> and so, yeah, co- college. I'm I am in college, so oh, that's a real possibility. Dang it. Uh. Anyway, so that's what's going on with me. I guess I have a a four day weekend this this week, which that's is pretty exciting because I like never get extra days off. So that's a rare treat. Yeah, that's good, um, man. We have. But speaking of, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I I just have uh. Obviously, I have work tomorrow because it's Sunday, and when you work at a church, that's what you do. And then we have yeah. Christmas Eve service, and then after that, I'm peacing out for a week. For the record, so for those of you who might not know, these episodes will be coming out, I think, in January. Oh, yeah. But we're, we're recording in December, so a little peek behind the curtain, <laughs> how the magic of podcasting works. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, but speaking of magic, Josh, mm. you want to know what's really magical? Disney World. No, not Disney World, Josh. The majestic flowing prose of Paul's epistle to the Romans. Ah, yes, indeed. That's magical. That is magical. And 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 so today, Josh, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the prose, like the writing style specifically. 
but we're talking about Paul's epistle to the Romans or letter if you're a plebeian and you like to use regular words. Uh, Paul's letter to the Romans. So, uh, Josh, you, you and I talked about this a little beforehand, and I think this will be an interesting discussion. For sure. Because we, we definitely have our disagreements when it comes to interpreting the book of Romans. Uh, but I'm excited to have this discussion and hash it out. And I really... I. We have never had an extended conversation about this. So we have not. I I don't I don't know what's coming exactly. It'll be interesting. But, I'll just say a bunch of heresy, and then yeah, probably. Then you say not heresy stuff. Yeah. And then it'll end. And then it'll end. <laughs> yeah. If you guys haven't noticed, that's the basic layout of our podcast. <laughs> like we kind of riff for a few minutes, and then I make a beautiful transition that's becoming a thing i don't know if i've done that every episode but i want to yeah it is it's becoming it's becoming a good thing i look forward to the transitions yeah thank you i appreciate that and then um and then josh says some heresy and i say (laughs) some not heresy and then and then that's it and then we're done pretty much yeah we drew a like a flow chart when we first started the podcast (laughs) like storyboard cool transition heresy from josh Andy drops it like it's hot. It's over. Heresy from Josh. <laughs> oh, I like that. Andy drops it like it's hot. I, I like that a lot. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, it's good, man. Um, So, there's a lot of places we could start with Paul's epistle to the Romans. Yep. Um, oh, you have a Bible out. I do have a Bible out. I mean, I'm not necessarily going to read anything specifically. But I just thought maybe we could start. I'm just opening to Romans. That way, in case I need to quick reference anything, you know. That's smart. Uh, but I thought maybe we could just start by talking a little background. And we might have different understandings of this, so it might be interesting to compare. But just talking a little background of how we understand, like, Paul's occasion for writing this letter. And, like, what what Paul's main purpose was in writing the letter. Sure. And, and things like that. The background behind it. So, uh if you would like to start, you are more than welcome to take the floor. All right. Well, I will do my best. And I will also have you know that I also have a Bible. And He does have a Bible. And Andy, you'll it. like this part. It is an ESV translation. Ooh, dog. Is that the translation you use primarily? It is, actually. It's also what I teach out of wow. for the most part. I'm so proud of you, Yeah, Josh. I like it. You've come so far. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm so proud of you. And I also am a fan of the NRSV uh sometimes the na okay. the nasb uh that's my favorite for like cross checking yes like, when i want to use a second translation i usually go to the nasb yeah that's a good one and then i mean always the niv i mean i grew up with the niv um and then like the only the 1984 edition i hope <laughs> <laughs> and then uh one uh, that i'm not a very big fan of but i have to use because so far both churches i've worked at is the nlt uh, oh no! But I think, not the dude, NLT. I just think the NLT gets stuff wrong too much. Uh, but it's it just tries too hard to be simplistic. I think I agree. I it's like uh, there was like this graphic. Maybe some of our listeners have seen it, but I don't know. Of like it was like talking about the personalities of different <laughs> Bible translations. Adam Four D put and it the out. NL- right? I believe so. Yeah, Adam Four D. He's a great Christian comic guy. You should check him out. But uh. Uh, it said like the NLT was the kid who like never really grew up after high school or something like that. <laughs> we all know I think that is what guy. It said. Yeah. Whereas the the ESV was one cool cat. Yeah. And the KJV was a cranky old man. Makes sense. 
I believe. Uh, the NIV. Oh, what was he was like a cool person that was just misunderstood or something like that, right? I think the NIV was like cool in high school, but like went away for a few years and then was never quite the same. Oh, uh, yes. Which I think was a reference to the kind of decrease in popularity after the switch to the new translation from the 1984 version. Sure. If I'm not mistaken. Sure. But anyway, this is not a <laughs> an episode about Bible. It's about Romans. So maybe we should. It's about Romans, and we're, and we're both reading from the ESV. So if you wander, that's what we're using. Um. So background occasion for writing. Sure. Just like general intro to Romans. What would you say? is important to know all right well first i think it'll be good for the listeners if i read them the book of romans in its entirety uh so they know that they can agree with me so i'll start uh paul a servant of christ jesus (laughs) called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of god uh just kidding uh but seriously go read the book of romans it's good um anyway you should read the whole book it's important and try to read it in one sitting i think you you can. can it probably only take about a half hour it's not that long of a book, and there's a lot of benefit to sitting down and getting the whole sweep of the argument. Yeah. Um, speaking of argument, I uh, did your transition thing. It was just lame, though. I've, I'll let you do that. <laughs> I'll stick with you for that. Uh, but I would That's say, okay. to get the big picture first, uh, I would identify who uh, Paul is speaking to. Um, okay. And the reason I say that will be made obvious here shortly, but I think... Uh, and I'll probably say I think a lot because there are so many interpretations of the book of Romans. It's like one of those things where if you really want to piss off a group of like biblical scholars, tell them, hey, I know exactly what's happening in Romans. Um, <laughs> because I think like for every verse or two in, in Romans, there's like 15 different theological cars kind of parked there that people argue over. Um, so I'll say I think a lot. But uh, I think the that Paul is writing... Uh, specifically to two groups of people, uh, both. <laughs> I love the heart emoji, Andy. <laughs> if only, if only people could see that. Uh, but I think he's <laughs> writing to both uh, Jews, as in like Jews of the day, and uh, Greeks specifically. And he's kind of working in this tension of uh, there are are Jews. They're not. I mean, we would say Christians because they're Christ following Jews, and also now yeah. Greeks. And but they're ethnically, yeah, Jewish. ethnically Jewish. And so he's kind of writing to these two groups, uh, trying to to dissolve the tension of like, okay, now that this Jesus thing is for everybody, how does that fit together? So I think that's the groups he's writing to. And the reason Mm -hmm. I point out uh, that he's writing to groups is because, uh, and I think this is where we will differ for sure, is that I read the book of Romans, uh, I think it's about ecclesiology, which is like the study of the church. What is the church and how is it supposed to function? versus probably more so a a more uh, common reading or I should say Protestant reading would maybe be uh, soteriology, which is uh, salvation, how we get saved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, oftentimes this is called the new perspective on Paul, um, but I think that's not fair because I think scholarship, you know, within the last 50 years or so uh, has also been saying, wait a minute, I don't think that's fair because... Uh, ready for this mic drop, Andy? It's not the new perspective Uh-oh. on Paul. It is Paul's perspective on Paul. And oh, so, <laughs> goodness gracious, here we go. And so, all right. So <clears throat> it's, it's the new perspective. So I think that's that's the overall big thing. He's writing uh, to groups of people, and it's about uh, you know how to be the how to be the church essentially. Okay. Um, who you know? So his his big focus, would you say, his big focus is kind of 
showing ethnically Jewish Christians and then pa- formerly pagan Christians, Greek Christians, how to like how to be the church together, like what it looks like for them to come together as the church. Yeah, is the idea. Yeah, basically, what what is the church? What is the body of Christ? Who makes up the body of Christ? And then how do they mm-hmm. how do they interact together? And then. Which I think, um, again, that's that's the overarching uh, perspective that I use to read the book, um, that he's talking yeah. to these two groups. And I kind of see, you know, in the beginning of, of Romans, uh, he's kind of talking to the Gentiles and telling them how they, you know, done messed everything up. Like, you guys suck. And, you know, you can... Romans 1 goes hard. Yeah, it does. Exactly right. <laughs> and so, but then he kind of makes this switch and he then starts talking... Um, to the Jews and like you guys have Torah, but like it's pretty much better that you don't because you don't follow it anyway. Um, and so then he kind of so he's addressing these two groups. And then I think for me the big interpretive key here, and this is something I am going to uh, point out in scripture. But you know, you know the bit where it's here like, uh, "For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God." Yeah. So that's a big piece of Paul's argument. It is very much a big piece. Anyway, and I think continue. this is this is the is one of the <laughs> one of the hinge points for me. I think um and I'm trying to remember who said it. There's a a very smart person, much smarter than me that said it and pointed out that to really get and understand Paul's argument, uh knowing that he's talking to these specifically these two groups, if you were to take out the word all and replace it with the word both. For both have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, both Jews and Gentiles, Jews and Greeks. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of how I read the book. And so as you can see, Andy, that uh, if that's the lens that I'm reading through, it's going to paint the entire book of Romans, you know, maybe a lot differently than um, than some other interpretations. Yeah. And, well, and, there, and there's an issue, I think, I think the issue we get into is the the way and we'll probably want to circle back to this after I kind of give my contrasting intro but um the way that our lenses for Romans uh work we end up seeing justification as a as in a sense a different thing I would say maybe would you would you say that's a bad a wrong statement that it's or maybe we or or how would you put it? Because I think one of the big differences come on what we think Paul's talking about when he's talking about justification. Um, sure. Can you, hmm, can you first explain how, like, you tell me what you would say about justification? Because this is, yeah, you go first, and then I I will respond. How about how about I do my <laughs> intro, my and then we'll talk about it. Okay, Romans, and we'll we'll get there. okay, okay. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I just don't want to jump ahead too much. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, but that is somewhere where we will go, I'm sure. Um, so I would agree with some of the things you said, for sure. I think that Paul obviously does address Jews and Gentiles mm-hmm. in the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of background, which uh, which I've learned from just like the study that I've done. I took a class on teaching the book of Romans recently. Oh, very cool. And then done just like some of my own study and things like that. I've been listening to Martin Lloyd-Jones sermons Uh, on Romans. And Martin Lloyd-Jones, for you listeners who might not know this, he preached like 300 something sermons in the book of Romans. Wow. Uh, So, so like, yeah, dude, he like, so what in his sermon series through Romans, there's three sermons before you even get through verse one. <laughs> oh my it's god! Wild, uh, yeah, it's wild. And so, anyway, I would recommend that to anyone who's curious. Martin Lloyd, but Jones. Martin Lloyd Jones is great. Smart anyway, dude. so a little bit of background uh, from my perspective. 
once again, obviously, I'm not, I'm not going to claim that I'm I know everything. Just like Josh said, he'll say I think. I'll probably say I think too. Um, but based on what a lot of scholars have calculated, Paul was probably writing this letter as he was uh, preparing for his missionary journey to Spain. Spain. And so, like, what he, he was he was intending to go through Rome to Spain. And so, uh, when he was writing this letter, he had never been to the church in Rome. I believe he mentions that in the book that he's, or he mentions other places. Anyway, uh, scholars think he had, he had never actually been to Rome. He had, n- had never visited the church in Rome, at least as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Paul's writing this letter. Uh, he's preparing for his missionary journey to Spain. And so, in a way, he is writing it by way of introduction. And so, I think that's one of the big things. That's going to frame because a lot of times people uh, you may have heard people say that like Romans is in a sense like a, an, almost an overview of Paul's theology. Sure. Um, and some people disagree with that perspective, but I actually think there's something to that. I think in Romans, Paul does to a degree uh, lay out his theology and specifically like his theology around the gospel um, around like the core message of the Christian faith. And that's why I think Romans does have such a clear exposition of the gospel is because Paul's laying it out mm-hmm. to introduce himself to the church to, to kind of say like, I've never been here. I've never been around you, but this is what I'm teaching. Um, but then he also does obviously tailor the letter to what he knows about the church at Rome. And so just like many of the churches that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, the church in Ephesus, many of the churches that Paul's wrote to, there are, there were divisions between Jews and Gentiles. And that does come up in the letter. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say, for, based on my understanding of Romans, I don't think that healing the divide between Jews and Gentiles is the primary purpose of the letter. Sure. Uh, I don't. I don't see that as being Paul's central theme or his central uh, central purpose in writing. I think it does come up because it's an inevitable uh, piece of the gospel. It's an inevitable implication of the gospel. Is the is the uniting of Jews and Gentiles into one church. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily his main purpose for writing. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out too, is you, you mentioned uh, that generally how it's painted is that the new perspective camp. So quote unquote, uh, which is a stupid Romans. name, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> not, not just because of I what I said, but I, I think it's perfect, I, but I also think it's too broad. Cause like, there's a lot of new perspective people that's that true. are way are- out of left field. And then you have people right, like N.T. Wright, who that's obviously who I like. Um, but it's not all it's not monolithic. Mm-hmm. Um, but to paint with a broad brush for the sake of categorizing the new perspective camp, generally speaking, would be said to view Romans like as a book on ecclesiology. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the traditional Protestant and especially reformed understanding of Romans would be said to be soteriological rather than ecclesiological. So that means having to do with salvation rather than having to do with the church. Uh, But one thing I would want to challenge on that, which I do lean more towards the traditional reformed perspective, as many of you might guess. What? Big surprise there. No way. Um, (laughs) But one thing I would want to challenge on that is I don't think that there necessarily has to be like a clean divide between the idea of it being, whether it's ecclesiological or soteriological. Like, those things aren't separate. Yes, and I would so, agree with that. And right, so, like, when Christ saves us, he doesn't just save us as isolated individuals on our own. He saves us into his church. And so, 
those things are intertwined. Um, but I'm not saying that to say that I also agree with the, the new perspective sure. understanding of Romans. I think that there, the ecclesiological element has already been recognized in the reformed understanding of Romans. So, um, yeah, so a little, that's kind of my basic background. I think Paul is, he's writing to introduce himself to kind of lay out his understanding of the gospel and his basic theology. Um, and, and then obviously those issues that he knows of with the church at Rome do come up. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, I mean, I think I'd agree with what you're saying too. I think it's just, again, which it seems like, uh, even just through the, you know, first couple episodes that we've done together, it seems to be that a lot of the time our differences or maybe even just differences in, in, in Christian theology as a whole tends to be emphasis because mm-hmm. like I would agree with every, with what you just said about it being a both. And I just would put the emphasis more so on the ecclesiology bit, whereas you would put it more so on the soteriology bit. Um, yeah. But we both would acknowledge that they're both present. Um so I, yeah. th- I think that's interesting. Um, that's just like a learning point for me uh, that I think is helpful. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I think I think we've, I mean, we obviously do disagree on plenty of things, but I think sometimes we get surprised by where we find agree <laughs> sure. on things too. Um, so to, to dig in a little more to Romans though, um, I think it might be helpful. I don't know if you're prepared to do this and if you're not, that's okay. But it might be helpful for us as as we're going through this to kind of lay out maybe a basic outline of the book of Romans. Okay. So I don't know if you, if you have in your mind, like if you've ever thought through kind of a basic outline, but I can give you mine first. This may be a jumping off point and you can see if you disagree okay. with, with what I say. So basically the way I see the book of Romans, um, basic, basic outline uh, in chapters one through three ish, like this, there's kind of a transition in the last part of chapter three, I guess. Uh, Paul is basically building his case against humanity, <laughs> uh, showing our <laughs> sinful nature. I like that. Cards against humanity. <laughs> yeah. Paul against humanity. <laughs> building his case against humanity, right? Showing our sinful nature, showing uh, that all Jews and Gentiles alike are stand condemned before a holy God because of our sin. Um, and so, I mean, there's lots of details within that, but just broad brush, I think that he's building that case to show that all, all are condemned before God, right? Sure. And, and that's where that Romans 3.23 comes in. I think that's a big hinge for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are, and then in, in verse 24, he goes on are justified by his grace as a gift and continues on like that. So he's building his case for all fall short and sin and stand condemned before God. And then from there... Uh, from like the very tail end of chapter three, really, especially in chapter four, uh, and chapter five, uh, Paul deals with justification and reconciliation to God. And so, uh, he, he basically, I I think, and, and it's individual and corporate at the same time. Cause obviously a lot of times Paul talks about, especially in chapter five, he talks about we, not just me or you. Right in verse six, for example, he says, "For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly." So he's talking about Christ has done this for us; he's justified us, right? Yeah. Um. But so chapters four and five talk about how through uh, faith in Christ we're justified, which I would say means we are made in made righteous before God, made righteous in God's sight. Sure. 
and therefore reconciled to him and given a, a right relationship with him. Um, and then verse six or verse six, hmm. <laughs> chapter six, seven, and eight. I would say, um, I you know I've actually been having a little bit of change of thinking on this. I believe that six through eight serve as a unit for sure. Okay. But um, one of the things that was pointed out recently, I, actually, I heard this while listening to the Martin Lloyd-Jones sermon. Traditionally, I would have understood 6 through 8 basically as being about, like, sanctification. Okay. Um, or being, you know, being about, like, the Christian life and, like, how, how the gospel also changes us now and affects us now. Sure. Um, but one Martin Lloyd-Jones in his sermon series on Romans actually made the argument that this section is not about sanctification, but it's about assurance. Okay. And that actually really struck a chord with me. And I, I do see elements of both, but I think I'm inclined to agree with him. So um, the traditional interpretation is generally that these chapters are about sanctification. But um, I really do think they're they're not primarily about sanctification, although they do touch on it. Uh, but they're really more about assurance, about knowing we belong to Christ as we as we live the Christian life. Sure. And so... Um, so that would be six through eight. It'd be assurance, knowing we belong to Christ. Uh, and then chapters nine through 11 are probably the stickiest chapters in all of Romans. Uh, and there's a lot of debate going on there. (laughs) Um, but in, in nine through 11, I think Paul is specifically applying what he's talked about the gospel. He's talked about in in chapters one through eight, uh, he's applying it to, uh, the situation with the Jews and the Gentiles. And so we, we can go into lots of detail later about uh, whether Romans 9 is talking about election and, you know, like talking about individual election and things like that. Sure. But, but basically, I, I would say Paul's applying the gospel that he's made clear in chapters 1 through 8 uh, to the situation with the Jews and the Gentiles because that is relevant to the church at Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... At the end of chapter 11, there's this great turning point uh, in verses 33 through 36 where Paul has this great, uh, like, poem, basically, of praise to God for the gospel. And so uh, Paul basically has laid out this great, in my opinion, this great exposition of the gospel, our, our sin, our need for Christ, then our justification and our assurance in Christ, uh, and then applied it to Israel and the Gentiles, and then he gives this great praise, and then 12 through, like, I mean, basically you could say 12 through the end is kind of practical implications <laughs> for Christian living. Um, and and so in, in 12, 1, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So there's this kind of, this turning point, this idea that this is the gospel, and so now as we're living in light of this, right? It's our, we have this worshipful response. Sure. And so I would say that basically the rest of the book is about the Christian life as that worshipful response. In chapter 16, he has some like greetings and other things like that. But, um, so that's the basic structure I would lay out. Sorry if I, I don't know if I got too much caught up in the weeds there, if that was hard to follow. No, but. I think it's, I think it's good, man. <laughs> I think it's helpful. I mean, I didn't, I didn't sit down and think out like an overall, uh, like overview the way that you did um yeah so i'm not i don't i mean i'm not gonna i don't necessarily have like a well my outline's better kind of kind of bit to throw at you (laughs) but i think i think it's pretty fair i mean i don't i don't really see any issues with with you know what you just uh laid out as a a general overview for the book It, it seems to make sense to me
Okay, cool. I was just, I was just curious. I didn't know if you would have any disagreements with the outline, but um, well then, why don't we dive in, Josh, on justification? Let's circle Pop back. To up. Um, so one of the big debates, at least that I've seen in my own study and my you know online perusing and reading <laughs> and things like that. Perusing. Uh, one of the big debates in the Book of Romans that I've encountered is what Paul is talking about when he's talking about justification yeah. in the book of Romans. Um, so I, when, when I see justification um, and I, I'm not a Greek scholar, so I can't give you all the background to this. I did some reading on this that was talking about like the Greek words and what they mean and things like sure. that. Um, but basically my understanding of justification is, is like I said before, that idea of being made righteous before God. Sure. So it's this idea that one who was not righteous is when they're justified, they are now righteous in God's sight. And so that means reconciliation to God. That means a right relationship with God because God is counting them as righteous. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a righteousness that they earn, but it's a righteousness that's given to them is what Paul is talking about, which reconciles us to God. So would you would you say that jives with your understanding of justification or would you have a different understanding of what it means? Um. Well, this, so, I mean, if I'm honest, the whole, uh, like, justification argument is uh, one that, like, I've, even though, you know, through much study and reading and, and podcast listening, um, I know it's a it's a big debate between the, like, the, the, the perspectives, but I don't, like, I mean, if I'm just honest, I don't fully understand what people are arguing about. <laughs> yeah. I don't, because well, so, it, it doesn't I mean, seem the, like it's that big of a deal to me. Like, I mean... Um, I would say like when we're justified, we're, we're put like things are put back to right. You know, we're made right with God. That's the language that I would use. Um, and I, when I, I would use that phrase too, made right with God Yeah, would be a, would be a phrase. I mean the, the way I've understood it, at least and maybe you don't think this is accurate, so you could correct okay. this if it's not, but the way that I've come to understand it is the general broad burst, of course, new perspective kind of definition of justification would be they see justification more as uh, entering the covenant community, okay. entering rather than um, necessarily being made righteous. Okay. So you look at it, um, and that's the understanding I've been given, and that could be. I know it varies author to author, so some authors will not have the exact same definition. Sure. But. Yeah. No, I think I think that's interesting, and for me, I mean, just off the top of my mind, I would I would argue that it's maybe a both and. Um, I don't think it has mm-hmm. to be one or the other, um, because I mean I think it w- I mean once we're just you know justified made right before God then we are entering into the covenant community. I think it's you know they go together. Um, yeah. So I don't see the distinction. I guess again it would be an emphasis thing, um, and I'm trying to think too because I know there's a really really good uh, podcast uh, called Unbelievable with Justin Brierly, and he had yeah. uh, Tom Wright and uh, Tom is it Rayner. Reiner, Tom Reiner, yeah. yeah, Tom. I think it's pronounced. Reiner. Yeah, they had those two guys on together, and they they debated this justification thing. And like, I mean, yeah. like I said, when I was listening, they were arguing over like super technical like Greek word things, and like I I saw truth in what both of them were saying. <laughs> at the at the end of the episode, did it? How far apart did their positions seem? It was. I mean, it it didn't seem far at all. And like the thing that that because. Like the thing that that Tom Tom Rayner 
kept arguing mm-hmm. against Wright. He was saying, well, yes, all this stuff about being, you know, in the body of Christ is good, but, like, how do you know who is in the body of Christ? Oh, and it looks like Uh-oh. we dropped our call. I'm going to keep recording just for the sake of recording. <laughs> hey, sorry about that. We lost our Skype call. We did. Oh no! I okay, kept recording so, though, um, and I made so did I made I. documentation in the Audacity recording that I was still recording. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I'm trying to figure out where a good place to pick up would be. I can just I can uh, start by responding to your your last question. How different? How yeah, far how far apart, apart they were. Okay, so respond to that question. Pretend that I just asked you that. Okay, so I mean, honestly, just to to look at maybe how far apart they were. Um, I mean, the one thing that just kept coming up over and over again, and maybe this is just a theology thing, but their biggest thing was emphasis. Um, that's what Tom Rainer Ryan, okay. kept saying. Like, yes, to the other Tom. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with everything you're saying. Um, but it's a matter of emphasis because uh, what Wright was saying, what N.T. Wright was arguing uh, was more so about inclusion in the body of Christ and then like how we live that out. And what Reiner was yeah. saying that Tom was missing was like, okay, Tom, but how do you get into that body? That seemed to, mm-hmm. that seemed to be like the big, mm-hmm. the big difference. Um it's an yeah. interesting episode. So it is a matter of emphasis. Yeah, it's a matter of emphasis, and I, I would really encourage people to look into that. Um, and I know <laughs> if you want a much a much more intelligent conversation about justification. Yeah, because I'm looking like a complete dumbass right now, and that's well, not not just you, me too, me too. <laughs> we we both. I mean, I think we're both we're both new to maybe some of the debate around yes, this. Yes, yes, um, we're learning. And so, like, we don't we don't necessarily always have like these clear lines in the sand of the debate that some of these guys do, but. I'll try to put a link to that in the show notes, but in case I don't, it's the Unbelievable Podcast. Yeah, with Justin Brierley. It's based out of the UK. And it's an episode with Tom Wright or N.T. Wright. And Tom Schreiner. Tom 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 Wright. Yeah, that's that's what it is. is. Schreiner. Tom Schreiner. It's Tom Schreiner. I've said his name wrong the whole time. Uh, There is like a Tom Rayner or something too, but that's a different guy. It's Tom Schreiner, who also uh, Wright and and Schreiner have both written books on justification yeah Wright's book on um, justification so th- actually own but i read it like three years ago when i first well it was maybe more than that maybe four years ago when i first <laughs> thought that theology was cool and it went way over my head and so i've had it in my hand multiple times like okay i gotta reread this because yeah. there's a really cool exegetical bit at the end of Wright's book called it's just called justification and he exegetes yeah. uh galatians and romans um in the okay. tail end of that book, the second half of that book is just exegetical work, um, which is really cool. And you know who else actually? While we're on this, uh, talking about justification, I'll try to put all of these in the show notes <laughs> if I can. The books, the podcast episode. Um, who else has a really <coughs> cool, uh, cool new book on justification out? Is Michael Horton? Oh, cool. Uh, so Josh and I, Josh and I have a, a special Michael Horton connection we do. because, uh, he's our dad because we, Just- <laughs> we went through, <laughs> we went through, uh, his pilgrim theology book together with our, with our good friend, pastor Pete, shout out to pastor Pete. If you're still listening. Yeah, Pete. Um, so, uh, anyway, Mike Horton, ha- he has a two volume thing and like, I don't remember which volume is which, but one volume is like the history. Okay. 
of the doctrine of justification, like in the church, like exploring how the church historically has understood it. And then one volume is exegetical work. That's pretty cool. Um, so I haven't I haven't gotten it yet, but that's a book that I'm really looking forward to reading. It either just came out or is about to come out. So cop that if you can. Mike Michael Horton's work on justification. Um, but anyway, I I do think that that difference in emphasis can matter. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I don't know because to me as a as a especially as a reformed person, but as a Christian, um, this I think one of the big emphases in Romans is this imputation, this fact that Christ. Uh, gives us his righteousness through faith, sure. right? That we are, sure. we're given this new righteousness through faith in Christ, and it reconciles us to God, and and does bring us into this community, makes us part of His people, and does affect the way we live and things like that. But I think, especially in the earlier chapters when Paul's giving this exposition of the gospel, the emphasis is not on uh, life in the covenant community per se, but the emphasis is on the great uh, work of Christ in the gospel. Okay. And I think I, I it worries me if I see that getting missed, I sure. guess, even, even though I know, I, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I don't know Wright's theology super well, but I, I mean, I've heard guys like NT Wright say things like they do believe in substitutionary, <laughs> or they do believe in imputation and things like that. It just um, looks a little bit different than maybe you're but used to. They just yeah. it looks different, and they maybe don't emphasize it as much. They think it's overemphasized or something like that. And I, that makes me nervous because it makes me feel like we'll lose those things. Sure. I guess, or we're or they're not getting the prominence they should, sure. or the prominence that Paul gives them in Romans. Well, can I here? I'll make a statement, then you tell me if it makes you feel any better. So <laughs> okay. So I think a, a big I think a big part of the book, even if we're looking at at the two people groups, you know, Jews and uh, Greeks, um, the yeah. I think Paul's trying to address the fundamental question of, uh, you know, what do these groups have in common that is bad? And the bad thing is uh, sin, right? Um, that uh-huh. they have condemnation and ultimately what what it brings that death, and so. Um, what he's saying, I think a big part of it is, is that Jesus is good for both groups. It's not, I mean, think, think yeah. about that. That's a hard sell because up to this point, you know, uh, the whole Yahweh bit has been specifically for the Jews, the people of Israel. And so he has to, Paul has mm-hmm. to convince those people like, wait a minute, uh, Jesus is good for the Greeks as well. And then the Greeks have to adopt this idea that some like poor Jewish dude that was killed is the Messiah of the world. It's like a hard sell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so I think <laughs> you're funny. Uh, I, th- <laughs> so I think he's, he's saying, okay, the answer to this problem that we all face, which is the condemnation of God, which is death. We all face death. Yeah. Jesus overcame that for everybody, the, the Jew and the Greek. And I think we can even see that when, uh, and this is a little bit off, but not also not like Paul brings in Adam into the book of Romans, which some people think, okay, this looks kind of weird, but I think what he's doing there is he is showing that there is, uh, like a precursor or an idea of like, okay, you can be saved apart from Torah. Um, you know, so that the Jews can see that because Adam is pre covenant with Abraham. And so, but people would say, you know, you're still saved by faith. And so it's kind of showing that this idea already existed. It's not something new that Paul is making up. And so I think Paul uses the old, he uses the scriptures well. And he's, he's showing people that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one that came and, and conquered death and, and overcame that. Um, 
And so I think that's definitely a clear, clear message uh, of the book of Romans. I just get hung up yeah. uh, because I think the traditional like Romans road interpretation to the book of Romans just focuses too much yeah. on the individual which I think is a very like Western way to think about things because we're very we're yeah. very individualized and I think it's more than that which I think you would agree with but that's that's why I tend to emphasize the groups bit more I do get what you're saying but individualization can be um, excessive mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I do think all of this in Romans does apply to individuals though. sure like uh, but one of the things too I would I would agree with most of what you said there I think but I I don't think I would frame it the way you did. Okay. Which again, maybe this is an issue of emphasis, but and this goes back to the background stuff we were yeah, talking about. Yeah. Um, where I wouldn't frame the argument on Romans necessarily about primarily being about Jews and Gentiles. Yeah. If you like, I and and so again, this goes back to my my understanding of Paul's main purpose for writing. It seems to me really isn't primarily the jew and gentile issue that's a secondary issue that's part of it um but and so i don't know the way the way you framed the argument was primarily around like jews and gentiles and i guess i would frame it more broadly more generally than sure sure and obviously jews and gentiles are a part of it though um but one thing and i don't know maybe you can offer some some insight on this i don't know if is there, with the theology of like justification kind of having this emphasis in the broad brush, new perspective <laughs> emphasis on uh, like entering the covenant people, entering God's kingdom, or however you would phrase it, maybe. I like that, uh, God's kingdom. I don't remember what the right quote you said, um, but would would you still agree, or, or would you say that in the new perspective camp, justification uh, is still seen as like a forensic once for all uh like salvific thing in the sense that if you're justified you are truly saved beginning to end like you're not going to be justified and then later not be saved so like are, so are you asking like in the within the new perspective is it once saved always saved or is it you can kind of fall from grace thing is that how you're asking or what you're asking uh yeah i mean because i guess i i don't know this about all new perspective people but i've heard of some new perspective authors that there maybe is kind of this understanding more that justification is like our entrance into the covenant community but then uh it's possible to not be not reach final salvation okay even after being justified to enter the covenant community whereas i would say it seems very clear that according to romans justification ensures you a final salvation sure yeah so i think which and i mean maybe i'm a bad representative on this whole new perspective bit but i i mean i would say that um i would not say like the whole fall from grace bit um you know i would i would say that you know once we're justified that uh i would okay this is how i'd say it we are justified and then there's the process of sanctification, which is the process of becoming more and more and more like Christ, more Christ-like. Yep. And that, you know, we're ultimately not going to be perfect, at least on this side of eternity. Um, but like I see that's the distinction for me between justification and sanctification. So I think I but would agree with you is what I'm saying, I think. there's there's Right. So there's like if you're truly justified, there's no way that you're not going to like – 
that you're ever going to not be saved. Sure, exactly. If you're truly justified, would you agree with that? I think so, yeah. Okay. Because I think once the Holy Spirit starts working within you, I think it's going to continue. And I think the Bible says that. Well, I know the Bible says that. (laughs) And it's so, but, and I would say it's not contingent upon what you do after your justification. I think we would both agree that if you're truly justified, uh, it will produce fruit yes. in you and you will be sanctified. I think so, yes. Inevitably. Yes. But that sanctification is not what secures yourself. No, 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 no. Yeah, All definitely right, not. Cool. So we're on the same page. Yes, we are. We're on the same page. Look at that. We agree. And here, I think this will wow. make you happy. N.T. Wright is on the same page as well. Really? You think I, so? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident. Um, because, I mean... Look at that. Yeah, I, I'm fairly confident. Well... This is just one big old agreement fest, I guess, then, after all. Um, so, <laughs> Or I'm just we, really stupid spent... and I don't have any fun arguments to throw at you. That could be the case. I don't think you're stupid, Josh. <laughs> I don't think you're stupid at all. Well, um, anyway, that we, we've talked a good bit about justification in Romans. Yeah. Uh, so if you're curious more about that, like we said, you can, you can read some of those books on justification. You can listen to that podcast. Uh, um, I will try to remember to put those things in the show notes. Uh, but there are also some other aspects of the book of Romans that I think we wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, for sure. Um, so <clears throat> I know one, and and maybe some of you listeners will remember this, but one of the uh, chunks of the book of Romans that I think has come up in Josh and I's conversation many times hmm. is Romans chapter 13. Yes, indeed. And, uh, and, and so... I don't know if did you have somewhere something specific you sure. wanted to say about Romans thirteen, Josh? I feel like you you kind of you you came into this th- having some thoughts about what you wanted to say. Yeah, so we did a episode uh, a little while back about the Book of Revelation, and yep. I kind of talked a little bit about how I, how I think nationalism mixing with Christianity is not great, um, and how the Bible agrees yep. with me. <laughs> and I agree yeah, with that too. I don't think Christianity and nationalism go well. Yeah, Constantine together. kind of blew it for everybody. That's how I look at it. Um, so <laughs> way to go, Constantine. Uh, you suck. Anyway, moving on. Um, so one <laughs> one thing uh, that people always kind of throw around is the passage in Romans 13 where they're talking about like respect authorities because they've been you know set in place by God and da 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 da. And when I say things like I don't vote or you know, whatever. I don't pledge the flag because I pledge to the kingdom of God. People are like, well, you're not following the Bible. And like, it seems I'm being very dismissive right now, which is inappropriate. I apologize. (laughs) However, when people make those kind of arguments, uh, it often they use Romans 13 and also Romans 13 comes up a lot during election time. Um, specifically if your candidate that you like is winning, if not, then they're like, well, we don't have to listen to blah, 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 blah. And they just kind of mumble. But so what I what the problem that I see with that is um, one I think that it's it's a misunderstanding of what the Bible is to just take that and apply it willy nilly because I think mm-hmm. in order to to do that you have to have kind of this the Bible is a rule book uh, an eternal rule book kind of thing that you have to look at and then apply that to us um, and I, I don't think that's fair uh, to what Paul is doing I think this specifically kind of what was going on was you know. Uh, whoever I forget who it was, but the the king or the ruler at the time uh, did not like Christians very much. But the Roman the Romans did allow Christians to come back in and and 
uh, be practicing their Christian faith. So I think it was a wisdom call on Paul specifically to the Romans, like, guys, look, you know, be peaceful. Don't go starting fights because you're just going to get killed. Like, just disrespect. Do you mind if I read us read some of Romans 13? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to fill in. In case any of our listeners don't know what we're talking about. That's probably a good idea. Um, so Romans 13, I'm going to read the first, just the first few verses. It says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. <laughs> for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Yep. So that's Romans 13, 1 through 7. Um, And in the Revelation episode, one of the things that I think came up also was, I mean, you were, we were obviously, we were both talking, I think, about, and you like to emphasize this maybe a little more just because of your (laughs) tendencies. We were talking, though, about how It's the Anabaptist in in me, Andy. There's there's obviously this picture of Babylon, which is kind of like the the worldly systems, right? Yeah, I'd uh, say empire and, and, and worldly yeah. empire, sure. And it's it's depicted as very evil and against the powers of Christ, obviously against Christ. Um, and so what I think the question that came up was how does Romans thirteen fit in with this? Sure. How do we, what should our stance towards governmental authority be as Christians? And this kind of came up when we did that review on kingdom conspiracy right, too, I right. think, was how do we as Christians engage the government? Um, and so what 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 are your thoughts on this? Like you, you kind of seem to indicate you think this passage is very contextual. Yeah. Why do you think that? Um, well, I think it's just contextual well, for a couple reasons. Um and like here, uh, let me explain this. Um, I'll backtrack a little bit, and and I'll get to why I think it's contextual. Uh, but first, what okay. was happening is here in like the so the Jews were expelled right by Emperor Claudius. I looked it up. I didn't remember that off the top of my head. I cheated. Uh, but Emperor Claudius, you know, because they were causing all sorts of havoc, whatever, and he didn't like them, but they were allowed to come back. And so, if you yep. think about it, you know, after you've just been kicked out, it makes sense that once you come back, you want to be careful. So again, I think it's a wisdom okay. call on Paul's part. He's speaking wise words and he's saying like, you don't, you know, you want to be careful. Don't upset the ruling authorities and just kind of, you know, excuse me, work within the system here in Rome. Um, because if you think about it, okay. Rome was like the epicenter of the world at the time. And like, this was a central location. So this is a like, of all places, this is somewhere where Paul really wants the gospel to flourish. So he's like saying, don't mess that up. Um, but another reason that I find fault with this is because Paul himself doesn't follow his own advice. <laughs> like Paul is an insurrectionist. Paul is arrested for resisting authority. And so Paul's not I I don't know if he's arrested for I, resisting authority. Okay. But like he's in it, but it's the same with Jesus. Jesus Jesus was a bit of an insurrectionist too. He was making claims Caesar is not is not king, I am. Yeah. And so that's not respecting authority. 
And so I think we have to be careful. Uh, but Jesus did pay his taxes. He did pay his taxes. But that was kind of, <laughs> I think that's funny because that was kind of Jesus being Jesus when he was like, you know, give unto Caesars what is Caesars and give unto God what is God's. Because what is God's? Everything is God's. So he was answering, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, so, but I, I just, I don't see it. It doesn't, and also for all the, this is, this might be too far and you can edit this bit out. But uh, Ameri- <laughs> if we truly believe that passage and you want to throw it around at election time, uh, then I'll mind you yeah. that America wouldn't exist if we respected the ruling authorities. Because how is America founded? I'm going to be honest. We ditched the British Empire like, yeah, forget you guys. So I- there you go. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm not necessarily a believer that the American Revolution was the right call. Oh, yeah, sure. I- I'm not calling you out on that. I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm getting heated um, and speaking against people in general. No, I America I wouldn't you. exist. No. Well, <laughs> And so I I don't think that this passage supports nationalism in any way, but I would want to push back a little. Tamara hates my wife. For those of you who don't know, my wife's name is Tamara. She told me the other day, actually, that she thinks I say the word push back on the podcast way too much. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to push back on that a little. And and so I would would want to challenge that and say that I think uh, based on what I see in the text, I think Paul is making a much broader statement than something that's just contextual to the Jews. Okay. Um, because because of how he grounds it. So Paul, he doesn't just ground it in that this is a good idea or that this will be the wise way to handle it or like what will be most helpful at this time. But Paul says, be subject to authority because governing authorities are instituted by God himself. Sure. And so I think Paul's Paul's giving us a principle that's broader than just that situation. Um and so so I think I think the way that Paul grounds it if he's saying governing authorities are instituted by God himself, God has appointed these authorities. Um and he's saying this even about the Roman Empire which was of course at the time actively persecuting Christians. Sure. Uh I think that the way he's the way he's stating that doesn't leave us much room to not apply it in our own day as well to not say okay we are also called to be subject to the governing authorities because god has instituted them now i don't think i think if you look at this in the larger context of scripture it's not uh, it's obvious that paul is not saying you have to do every single thing that your government tells you ever um but i like the way that rc Sproul put it um which is that the basically the precedent of scripture is that we are to obey the government unless obeying them would mean directly disobeying something God has told us. Like, unless, unless, sorry, let me put it this way again. Let me, let me rephrase this. I stumbled over words. <laughs> right we are to obey the government unless obeying them would mean either doing something God has forbidden or not doing something God has commanded. Right. So we are to obey the government in every way until that obedience conflicts with our obedience to Christ. So, for example, um, that that could be if, if the government were to forbid Christians from worshiping together corporately, we would obviously need to disobey that command sure. because that directly, directly conflicts with what we're commanded to do as Christians. Um, but, you know, in, in every other area, if it doesn't conflict with our obedience to Christ, we're to obey the governing authorities. Sure. I think, so, I think that's fair and, like, that's cool, but I and I guess I I could use the Darcy Sproul bit, and I would say, and I guess this yep. might be me showing my like nonviolent whatever Anabaptist bit kind of showing is like, well, the, you know, 
all earthly empire uses power and military force to coerce people to behave a certain way, and if you don't listen, they kill you. That is not uh-huh. not the way of Jesus, period. Never, ever do we see Jesus pick up a sword and threaten somebody or kill them because they're not listening to what he's saying. Jesus well, rules under and, people, and so I say even being a part and, of that goes against the, you know... So, and I don't necessarily think that this passage means we need to be um, in favor of everything that government's doing sure, or sure. supportive of everything that government's doing, <clears throat> but we need to be subject to their authority. And that's, that's a big difference. Yeah, so, that's fair. Because I mean, that's fair. Even as Paul wrote this, the government that he was writing about at the time was killing Christians, throwing them in prison. Right. You know? Right. Uh, so, so obviously... I don't think Paul is making the point that you need to be supportive of everything yeah, 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 yeah. doing, but you need to be subject to their authority. I got you. I think there's a difference. No, there. that's you know that's fair. Yeah, because I would also argue then that because um, I think that almost government, at least with in the fallen, broken, you know, state that we find humanity in, is is like a, nece- a necessary evil because without it, things right. would just be crazy. And so that's kind of where I see the authority yeah. bit is just like okay, the government has to exist. Because you know there are some good things like schooling happens and roads happen. To restrain evil. Yeah, kind of. I've I've seen that argument. I think that's you know that's yeah. fair. Um, I just limit my participation. I guess uh, would be the best way to put it, um, if that makes sense. And that's fair. I do, I do think I don't think this passage necessarily addresses how Christians should um, be involved or not be involved in the political process. Sure. Uh, that's a whole other issue. I think that's but fair. Anyway. So that's, if you're interested, Romans 13, very interesting passage in Romans. And we've already gone pretty long, haven't we? We have. I think that's okay. <laughs> we basically <laughs> we basically introed the book, talked about justification, and talked about Romans 13. Yeah, we talked, yeah. The book <laughs> so, of Romans is dense. You could do a million podcasts just on the book of Romans. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, we, this has, this episode's been a little bit all over the place, I guess. Well, it's um, also showed me that I have to do some studying. Oh, same, same. <laughs> and and again, I mean, this whole the point of this podcast is not that Josh and I know everything, and are here to just tell you everything. But the point of this podcast is for us to discuss, and hopefully that discussion will be edifying to you, will be interesting to you, and will spark some thinking of your own. Um, so, I, is there anywhere else you want to go, real quick, or do you think we're good to wrap uh, up? We can wrap up. I would well. Yeah, because the only other place I would go, and it would be chasing a rabbit, would be I'd point out some of the the women in Romans, and you know some of the implications that their oh, importance okay. might have, uh, like Phoebe <laughs> or Priscilla gonna, and Junia. Are we going to be talking about female pastors? Maybe. Well, I do work in a church where there are both female pastors, <laughs> but um, I mean mm-hmm. that's whatever. Not here or near, nor there. It just happens to be the case. But I just yes. I. I think it is interesting. I'll put it that way. I think it is interesting that people like Phoebe and Priscilla and Junia, which Junia was actually written out of some of the transcripts in scripture. They actually changed her name uh, to to male's name, which is interesting. They added an S on there um, because they didn't know how to Uh deal with it. But we, I mean, we don't have to jump in that. Basically, my point would be, I think it's interesting (laughs) because Paul seems to have a very mixed view of of women and their role in things. And so I mm-hmm. I don't think it's a one or the other. It seems very mixed and I I would say that's interesting to me. So if people are 
I would disagree about the mixed view thing, but maybe we should have an episode on that. Maybe we can do an episode on... I think that would be fun. uh, On female pastors and women in ministry and things like that. I think it would be cool. Um, That could be interesting. But for now, we we won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, There's a lot to talk about with the Book of Romans. Hopefully this has maybe uh, given you something to think about, has maybe pointed you to a few of the interesting issues in the Book of Romans. Um, that's that's about it, I guess, for Romans for now. But <laughs> for now, that's not it. For theology, doesn't suck. Nope. So, here's what you need to know: our website. Hopefully, you know this by now. But if you're new, maybe maybe you're learning this for the first time. Uh, our website is theologydoesn'tsuck.com. Uh, you can visit us there online at at our home on the web, <laughs> as some people might on say. On the line. Uh, <clears throat> on the line, and. On that page, you can find past episodes. Uh, Theoretically, you could find blog posts if we ever get around to doing that. I think we will soon. Uh, There's also maybe the best feature of our website is the contact us page. So on the contact us page, you can contact us, believe it or not. It's a pretty cool feature. uh, You can send us questions, angry rants. You can correct us, (laughs) rebuke us. uh, whatever you want to do, really. The con- you can give episode suggestions if you have ideas about future yes, episodes. Please. Um, but one really awesome thing to do with the Contact Us page is to send us questions for our up-and-coming Q&A episode. Yes. So we are planning on doing a Q&A episode uh, in the near future. We're not going to give you an exact date. We know you want it. <laughs> you can't have it. Have it. Um, <laughs> you can't have it. And so we're doing a Q&A episode in the, in the near future, and we have received a few questions already, um, but we need more, and we would love to hear some of your questions. We would love any, it, ideally mostly theology questions, but if you want to ask a non-theology question, maybe we could throw it in there too. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, so, so go ahead and send us your questions on the contact us page of our website, theologydoesn'tsuck.com. You can also find us on Instagram. You can. At theologydoesn'tsuck. Uh, we post... Uh, resource suggestions we post quotes we post behind the scenes <laughs> of theology doesn't suck uh, all that good stuff and of course we post about when our new episodes are out so you can keep up to date with that yes um anything else that i missed josh I, I just went through a lot but any any other info we need to be passing out nah man i think you hit the nail on the head it was pretty good all right well Good deal. Well, thank you so much for listening to Theology Doesn't Suck. And until next time, I'm Andy. That's Josh. I'm Josh. And we wish you um, a very, very wonderful... I'm trying to think of when this will come out. Like <laughs> mid to late January. Have a beautiful so, day. Yeah, good. Go Caps. Caps. <laughs>